Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. In this week's episode, we are chatting about tips for producing an event in Zoom like a pro. This is a topic that we've been meaning to talk about for a long time. People are used to using Zoom now, but these tips and tricks that we're going to share with you today are super important. So here we go. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. And Mary, we're going to start with our icebreaker before we jump into the lovely topic today. And my for you, my question for you is, what's your favorite item that you have purchased this year? But one of my favorites is absolutely my standing desk. The adjustable desk, I guess, is what it's called. Um Logan may or may not have a similar desk. So what's your slogan? <laughs> I have the exact same desk. Yeah. <laughs> different color. Because, it's a different color. Yeah. I have it in a, a dark, dark brown. And I think Mary mm-hmm. yours is a light brown. Yep. Super different. <laughs> so different. Um, but yes, I think my favorite purchase that I've made this year, it probably is the... Uh, it's probably the desk, to be honest. I have it now. Like I can sit and I can stand. So it raises up. It's got different levels and yeah. uh, has just made our second bedroom that we have in our apartment actually feel like an office. And that's just really nice. And I have really enjoyed getting to like close the door to this room when I leave at the end of the day. And it's like, there's my work stuff. And it's not in the other parts of my apartment. So the yeah. desk really was the game changer. Totally. We'll have to do like a, an office tour later this year just to keep us like accountable to f- actually finish our offices. It's definitely progress. If you see our videos, we now actually have something at least behind us. I've got wallpaper. I have a bookshelf. Has a shelf. I've, I've yeah. a shelf. I have another shelf that's going to – a hanging one that's going to go back here and I'm going to hang some art, but that's – We're moving up in the world. <laughs> yeah. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Well, I think we want to jump into uh, – Mary, you want to tell listeners why we chose today's topic? Yes, absolutely. So today we are talking about tips for producing an event in Zoom like a pro. And we realized the other day that we haven't really hashed out an episode about Zoom, which blows our mind a little bit because like we just use it and talk about it all the time. And we're like, wait, we actually haven't talked about this on the podcast. So Zoom obviously is a popular virtual event tool that any event planner, producer, or manager should be able to add to their toolkit. And so today we're really going to dive into it, which you may be thinking, well, Zoom's been around forever. Is this really relevant? And arguably, I'm going to say, yeah, it is, which is why we're talking about it. So I'm excited for, for our discussion today. So before we get into it, though, we are going to take a quick break and hear a quick little spot from our partners. Hi, everybody. Mary Davidson here. When I'm not podcasting, I'm running my event planning and production company called EP Events, Events with a Purpose. 
Purposeful events are our jam. We specialize in fundraising events, corporate events, and community events, whether virtual, hybrid, or in-person. Our services include everything from full service planning and production to partial roles, such as Zoom production, vendor management, stage management, all those good things. Whatever the role, our goal is to help you with your goal as we create purposeful events. To learn more, reach out to me, Mary Davidson, on all social platforms at EP Events LLC or on our website at epevents.org. All righty, welcome back. So talking about Zoom, let's just dive right into it. So Logan, if you want to start us off, why is Zoom such a popular virtual event slash conference call platform? Yeah, before I jump into it, I feel like we do need to acknowledge the elephant in the room that we are talking about Zoom, the conferencing tool, not Zoom, the ever popular PBS show. <laughs> Taking it back to the early 2000s. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, folks, but it was a, it was, it was a banger. We had that little, like the little ditty. It was like, come on and zoom, come on and zoom, come on and zoom, 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 zoom. And I feel like that is a good. We should have probably put that at the beginning because I feel like that's a good intro to what we're going to be <laughs> using that energy about a different zoom today. But like to me, why zoom is so popular, and I will say this, I say this to clients all the time. It's not that zoom is the best tool out there but it is a tool that everyone has become comfortable with. I have calls with my grandparents on Zoom. I have calls with colleagues on Zoom. So if you are someone who's looking for a virtual event tool, whether you're looking to bring virtual speakers into your in-person event or broadcast out to a virtual audience and everyone's coming to you virtually, like Zoom just got in so early, I feel like in the pandemic as being one of the go-to tools. And so many people, because it was free, embraced it and used it. and so. I just think it stayed popular because if you use it for your event, you don't have to educate folks on where the mute button is. You don't really need to educate folks anymore on where the chat feature is. And those are just a few things that because everyone's comfortable with the platform, it makes your job as an organizer a lot easier versus if you're using a brand new platform or something that folks don't use all the time and you're going to have to do that education. So I always, again, with my like folks that don't have really big budgets or even just my nonprofits that are looking to you know spend their resources really strategically, I will always tell them that Zoom has you know such a robust offering. It often can be the right tool for your virtual event. What do you? Yeah. What's your answer to that question, Mary? I mean, I totally agree. Just like shout out to to Zoom for being the one to really corner the market during the pandemic because that's the reason that it's so popular and because it's so inexpensive slash free for a lot of people to use, not necessarily on the production side, but just as an attendee. I mean, it just makes a whole lot of sense. It's difficult to train people on a new platform, kind of like what Logan was saying. And so this is just, it, it's it's easy. And, you know, I have to say my feelings about Zoom have changed quite a bit during the pandemic. Um, at the beginning, I felt that it was a necessity and then it changed to an annoyance because everybody had Zoom fatigue. And when I say Zoom fatigue, it wasn't just on camera, but it was like, I feel like people are actually tired of using Zoom. And I knew that I was. And then more lately, it's turned to like, okay, well, now I've, I kind of feel like this is like a trusted resource in a way. And it's sometimes not worth it to, to fight your client on if it's going to be the best thing or not. Um, because once again, people just know how to use it. So it, my opinion on it has changed over the years, but I'm going to say that's why it's been been popular and stayed popular. Yeah, I think that's just it, it. It just makes it so much easier. I feel like when you're planning events, 
um, knowing Zoom. But when we say that, it also like Zoom doesn't come without its challenges. Like they, I mean, it became popular enough that Zoom fatigue is a word. But talking first, before we jump into some of those lessons learned and things for you as a planner, if you're looking to add Zoom events, and there is a platform called Zoom events, but what I would say the way I'm referring to it in this episode, it's just an event you use Zoom on, whether it's Zoom meeting, Zoom webinar, or Zoom events. Um, but my favorite feature of Zoom, I will say, is like Mary mentioned, that it has a free and a paid version. And it pretty clearly lays out what each of those levels gets you. But what I really appreciate about it is if I have, I'm a user and I'm using the free version and I come to your event that you're using the like business version, I still get access to all of those features. Like I still have the same experience as somebody else who's a paid Zoom user. And I have found that with some other conferencing tools that like for Teams, for for example, if I don't have a Teams account through my company, I have a very different viewing experience than somebody who has a Teams account. There's only so many people I can see on screen and some of these limitations that I just feel like Zoom did a good job of making it pretty accessible to everybody. And just how quickly you can teach, since we're all comfortable with it, how quickly you can learn how to have a good event on Zoom compared to other platforms. What's your favorite feature, Mary? Yeah, so I mean, this is, I love what you said and it's super true and it's hard to pinpoint exactly what my favorite things are. I feel like for like the amount of things I have that are my favorite, I also have like the amount of things that I absolutely dislike about Zoom. So it's like, we'll get to that probably. But my favorite, um, I really love that they're the, I love Zoom webinar. If we're talking about like kind of more generally Zoom webinar specifically, is just something that I really like to recommend for many reasons. So I, I appreciate Zoom webinar. That's what I'll say. But then additionally, kind of like on a, a different scale, I think Zoom as far as settings go, is is very robust for what it's offering and for the price and for the customization that you can bring to Zoom, to me, is awesome. So that's probably my favorite. It's like we can really make it into what we want to make it because we can customize things. Um, that's as far as like what kind of experience do your attendees to have? Can you toggle things on and off? What do you want it to look like? What do you want the views to be? Do you want to stream things in? Blah, blah, blah. There's just lots that you can do with it. So I appreciate that once again for the price. Yeah. So I think jumping into what, if you're listening to this and you're an event planner or a producer or just anybody looking to do virtual events, I think adding Zoom to your toolkit is so valuable. And so just kind of breaking down like what functions does a producer play at an event in Zoom? And again, I think feel like Mary, the verbiage we've used, we've been called producers, we've been called stage managers. Uh, yeah. I feel like backstage crew, <laughs> show mm -hmm. caller. I mean, you could really have different titles, but what we're talking about is you're the person behind the scenes doing these features during a Zoom event. Yeah. And there's, there's lots of different things. And I think part of it talks to the functionality that I was mentioning before, because you're um, during the actual event. Well, first of all, I guess there's, you can customize things before you as the producer, producer can go and make sure that things are toggled on and off so that you can produce the event the way that it is intended to be produced. But beyond that, when you're actually doing the production of the event in real time, you can do things like screen share, which there are many different ways you can screen share too, which is nice. Um, play background music, which I have to say, as far as Zoom goes, one of my favorite things that to do in like almost anything, even if it's just a meeting, is to have like a slide with background music playing when people come in. Like how simple, but does it's, it sure it sure sets the stage. It's so simple and it is so helpful, I think. If you're doing an event where yeah, it's a group 
just put a slide up, play some music. They see, they know they're in the right place because they can see it and they know their audio is working because they can hear it. And you're not going to get all the messages in the chat. Like if you just do the slide with no music, you're going to get people going, I can't hear anything. Where's the sound? You know, and you're just avoiding all that confusion. It just like sets people at ease. But there's so many other things. Logan, what are some of the other functions that a producer can play during it? Yeah, as, a, as the person who's the producer, you could be in charge of the recording, meaning hitting record at the right times. You can stop recordings in Zoom. You can also pause recordings, stopping. The difference is it ends the recording. And if you hit start recording, it's a whole new recording versus pause is a great feature to utilize. Like if you do breakout rooms and you don't want your recording to include 10 minutes of silence in the main room because everyone's in breakouts, you can pause your recording. You're also in charge of spotlighting. Spotlighting is where you're controlling what the audience sees in speaker view. Webinar has different features than meeting, but in meeting, um, when you pin something, that's just affecting your personal view on your computer. When you spotlight someone, you are spotlighting them for everybody in the meeting. They can all see them. And if someone coughs or their dog barks, the speaker view is going to stay on the person you spotlighted. Um, and then there's also small things like you could be a chat moderator. So in the chat, whether you're writing prompts or dropping links in at certain times or just kind of answering people's questions. Again, like I said, from a tech perspective, I often like the client to do anything that's content related in the chat. But if someone says, yeah, I can't hear you, that something's broken, you know, I can't I can't see anybody and you know that everyone can see and still hear you, your private messaging with someone. And then lastly, really like queuing speakers. Um, if this is an event where you have lots of speakers happening, so letting them know they're up next, are they ready? Are they unmuted? Maybe requesting them to unmute. Um, I think these are like the big features that we've all just mentioned is like, if you want to be a producer, you need to know how to do those things. You need to know how to screen share. You need to know how to start a recording. None of them yeah. I feel like sounds really complicated, but it's really helpful to have the confidence when you're hitting those buttons that you're hitting the right buttons. Totally. And we'll talk a little bit more about how you, you can learn to do those things if you don't know how. But another thing that I think is just interesting to call out in case someone hasn't had this experience is that when you think of your producing a traditional Zoom meeting, um, to me, I imagine the type of meeting that that's like any Zoom meeting where everybody comes, you're, you're producing the event, you're in the same space that the attendees are in, that the speakers are in. But there are lots of different ways that you can use Zoom. For example, Zoom serves as like the backstage or like there's a green room, which is like when you enter and then you can send people on stage to like a breakout room and then that's getting streamed elsewhere. So Zoom is just your your overall your background, your, your backstage. And so I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but I just think it's interesting because there are multiple ways that you can utilize it, which I think is pretty fun. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, again, all these skills are really helpful if you're doing a, like a hundred percent virtual, like Mary's saying, where we're all in the same room together, the speakers are there, the audience is there, but you also need these skills if you use it. Yeah. Like as a backstage tool, or I more recently, I use it with my hybrid events because it's a great way to bring virtual speakers in. So again, I don't have a virtual audience, but I will have a zoom room that is my virtual stage and I'll have speakers go into that room and log on when it's time for them to speak. And then I'm showing a capture of the videos of the zoom screen onto the screen in the room. And I've fed audio in so they can hear questions from the audience and vice versa. But so I'm using it as like a virtual stage a lot of times in my hybrid mm -hmm. setups. And again, I default to it because it's so easy to use because speakers already know where the mute button is because you know, that was what was that the 2021 word of the year or something was you're on mute. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I've said that a lot less when I'm using 
Zoom. And I found like it's something that still is challenging whenever you use a new platform or if we do a different platform that folks are then comparing to it like, well, in Zoom, I can do this or in Teams, I know I can do this. You know, they've Mm -hmm. become kind of the gold standard. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And like like you're saying, a huge chunk of time that takes for when you're event planning or producing is like tech checking and things like that. And with Zoom, you don't want to assume still that people got it, but at least they know the key things. And then you can double check their audio, their video and all that stuff. But I've seen people do like group tech checks now in Zoom instead, because it's like, if you know how to use Zoom, maybe you don't need this. But if you want some help, here's a group time that you can show up versus like one-on-one. Here's how you learn this new platform that you're going to be speaking on. So definitely it can cut time in that sense as well. But I know I'm jumping all over the place. There's lots of benefits yeah. For and sure. one more, one more way I've seen it used to, again, if you're an event planner and just thinking like, why would I need to learn zoom if I don't want to do zoom events again, it's a great tool. There's another thing I've seen is, um, using it as a like help desk and the help desk is act on yeah. your platform or on your website links you to a zoom room and you have a staff member from your event team or the client or whoever in that room, helping people troubleshoot things. Um, and I've mm-hmm. also seen it too, as a cool, um, registration check-in to get people like make sure they're all logged in where they need to go so again it's like you know join our virtual check-in desk and it's a link and it takes you to a zoom room and you have a staff member there who's walking people through whatever pre-event stuff you need to have happen so it's very easy and like mary said it's free you can use the free version for limited it limits kind of your time and how many folks can join but even as an event planner like i have the what version do i have i have the pro version And then I will pay often for clients. It's easier for me just to use my account when we're doing events. And if they want to have a thousand people and my account can only take 300 as of like the current level I'm at, I will just then bump it up for that month that includes their event and include that like in my invoice to the client to pay for that upgrade. Or I'll use the client's account um, and they'll already have that enabled. But it's like really easy and not a very like low barrier to entry, both as a planner and a client to use Zoom. And again, I think that's why it's gotten so popular and become such an essential like event tool now. Yeah. So definitely don't discount it. I think that's like one of the main takeaways that I would like to, you know, portray in this episode is that we've had it for so long. Just don't discount it, especially if you haven't like jumped on board with it very much as a planner or producer, you still can. And I think there's still going to be plenty of need for it. So it's not too late. So much need. The amount of things yeah. that I know, the leads I'm getting, I constantly need to know. I need people who know Zoom. And I need people yeah. from varying levels of of experience who know Zoom. Because a lot of the people I've worked with in the last two years are getting busy in good ways because they're all good at what they do. And therefore, you know, able to charge higher rates and things like that, which is great. But sometimes you do need some people who are at that entry level and just learning how to do Zoom, which I think transitions Mary into our next question. Yeah, but yeah. For you, Mary, how did you learn how to do all these producer things in Zoom? Well, I learned a lot from you, Logan, <laughs> which is true. Logan's really good at Zoom tips. You got to check out her YouTube videos for sure as well. So Logan, make sure you link some of those. But she does lots of deep dives um, into how to use Zoom features. Um, but so, yeah, so from you for sure. Also, a lot of it has been just like figure out the basics and then trial by fire, like just <laughs> Got got a chance to produce a Zoom event on a team and learned things pretty quickly. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's just learning from people who know know how to use Zoom. And one thing I do have is a it's just a Word document that's called Zoom Notes. And anytime I work a Zoom event where I learn a new feature, I like write it down in there. 
And I've learned lots of things from our colleagues that like, I know one of our colleagues has like, I remember, okay, so one time I went down a list with her because I was on her team for an event and she just talked about each setting and why it was important. And I was like taking vigorous notes the whole time. And I was like, this is amazing. The one thing is that Zoom um, has a lot of updates, which is cool to see that they're improving, but then you just have to stay on top of the updates. That's a challenging piece for me, but there are resources out there to help you stay up on it once you do learn the key components of it. There's like the Zoom community, which is like the online community when you're logged into your Zoom account where you can ask all the questions. Zoom sends out like when they have updates, they'll send you can get on their email blast so that you're they're, they're blasting you the updates. Also, when Zoom lists updates on their um, like help forum portion of their website, it is pretty in depth with screenshots. So I've found that to be just a good guide in general. Um, I could go on and on probably, but the the best thing was just kind of to to start using it, and the rest will come. So what about you, Logan? How did you learn how to do these things in Zoom? Yeah. I mean, I think it applies to events. We talk about like, how do you get your first event? How do you get experience in events? You often just need to like start working events. Um, for me, I'd loosely use Zoom probably pre-pandemic a little bit, but again, my background was in production and I honestly convinced a friend that I could do her entire, her graduation party on Zoom. And then I started doing, I think I did a family like game night or something. And I was just, just kind of being like, hey, you're not going to do a party. Can I plan something for you on Zoom? And it was really fun just to play with it and figure out, like Mary said, like mm -hmm. what you can do. And I like to say that in, in most rooms I'm in, they'll say I know a lot about Zoom, but I, I'm the same as you, Mary. Like there's always things you don't know until you try. There's always updates in the early days when Zoom was like constantly updating. I feel like in the fall of 2020, there was constant things that like worked one week and then you would try it like a week later and it didn't work because they pushed an update and now you can't move people around or, you know, different little tweaks and things like that. So you really just need to learn by doing. Um, I think shadowing is a great opportunity. I know Mary and I, we've both done that. We've had people who can kind of just like be over your shoulder. Um, being able to be a part of an event team where it's not you by yourself um, is great too, because you can ask questions um, and learn that way. But you really do need to like go in and do it. And if you're scared and it's your first event that you're going to do in Zoom, practice. This is kind of going into my question about that we have here next about preparing your client for an event on Zoom. But my big thing is always it's practice, 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 practice by yourself. If you're or your production team, if there's more than one of you or by yourself, practice doing exactly what you're going to do. Like Mary I said, if you're, it. Yeah, yeah, like actually screen share a slide and play background music and hit record so you can go back and watch the recording and make sure that you're showing what you want to show. The music's not too loud, you know, and what do those clicks look like? Um, I feel like just walking through it's going to teach you so much of things you didn't think about or how long it actually takes for people to come out of breakouts when you give them a 30 second countdown, like just little nuances. And then in the event itself, like just be confident, but also admit if you've made a mistake, you know, that's, that's okay too. We've all hit the wrong button or forgotten to hit record immediately when you should have, you know, it happens, but, but like be confident. That's what I found as a zoom producer, a zoom that stage manager, whatever, often the clients or the speakers are just looking for someone who understands Zoom and is able to take direction and do what they need it to do versus asking lots of questions. So like Mary said, that Zoom community is great. I started making those YouTube videos because I thought there was a lot of gaps though in the Zoom community about how to yeah, for sure. actually do things. Again, I always get really excited about like, how do you actually do it? And it's so- nice to see someone do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing someone do it, because like, it's hard to screen share 
your screen share, you know, mm-hmm. that's why those videos I've made have been really helpful for me personally. Um, and I know they've resonated with folks like out there on the internet about things. So, um, but yeah, practice, practice, practice. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and jumping to the second, the, the, the next question, cause you kind of hinted at it on how do you prepare your client for an event in zoom? This is where I get into like the negatives of zoom a little more, just in the sense of, um, for me, it just, I really had to set expectations about Zoom because people are used to it now, like we've talked about, but with that still comes like, I don't, it's necessary to set expectations. What do they want to get out of the event? Is Zoom going to accomplish it? And then here's what it's actually going to look like to accomplish it. And a lot of times it's it's not great. Like sometimes there, there are some negative things and it's because everybody wants a Zoom, a traditional Zoom meeting so they can see everybody's faces and they want them to be able to interact. Well, that right there, has like a list of potential problems if that's the type of event that they want. And so it's just really talking through like exactly what that's going to look like and if they're okay with that. And then talk about specific things like, okay, so you want engagement. What exactly do you want that to look like? Do you want people to be able to use the chat? Do you want them to be able to chat with everybody? Do you want them to be able to chat the entire time? Do you want to use polls? Are you going to load them in beforehand? You got to give me your stuff. Like it's, it's setting expectations for sure, even though people are familiar with it. Yeah, I think that is honestly, that's probably the negative side of Zoom is we said all these positives. There's so many great things, but with every platform, there's no perfect platform out there. There are limitations. And like I always tell clients that I prep them that like Zoom is not built for video playback. If you have a video that you want us all to watch in Zoom, it's not Zoom doesn't, you can't screen share. You can screen share a video, but it looks a little herky jerky, I always say. Or It's never awesome. Yeah. It, it just never looks as clean as you want it to. Be, and especially if you're trying to stream, like if you're trying to watch a link, apologies, guys, if you're hearing those emergency vehicles in the background, they're not coming to my house. Um, but especially if you're like showing a YouTube link or something like that, Zoom is not built for that. Zoom and there are workarounds um, that we I know we talked about last week um, with Luke on the podcast talking about using OBS and you know being a stream technician. There's like workarounds that you can use to make Zoom a little more friendly. But it's not built for video playback and all those things that you just said, Mary, like there's, there's so many things you can toggle on and off and you just want to make sure that it's hitting the expectation um, for what you want. Or do you not want folks to be able to unmute? Do you want them to be able to unmute? Having those conversations and prepping them for that event in Zoom, I think is really helpful. In my proposals, I call what I do now, like a highly produced Zoom call is one of my options, meaning we're in Zoom meeting or Zoom webinar you know, we're, we're working within the limitations, but instead of screen sharing slides, I'll often, or I would screen share slides. And then the next level up would be that I could bring in like someone like Luke or someone who knows OBS who can push slides and videos directly into Zoom, meaning where their window is in Zoom is the slides and the videos. And that plays nicer in Zoom. Um, but that's like an even higher produced Zoom call. But I still think there's a need. There's a lot of people out there that are sick of you know, that Zoom fatigue, like you talk about, I feel like you can combat it with something that feels intentional. You're, you know, you're not waiting on someone to share their slides because they don't know how to screen share. You know, they played music when you came in that relaxed you. Like there's, you can have such a positive virtual experience if it's scripted and it's executed correctly. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And this episode in tandem with episode that Logan was mentioning that we had last week, these two together really are, I hope, we hope that they can give you the tools that you need, or at least the confidence that you need if you have not yet done a deep dive into producing in Zoom. Um, 
we could talk on and on about it. So feel free to just reach out if you have any questions, we could share what we have. But just really quick, Logan, a final tip or trick that you would like to share about Zoom. I'll say mine is that I like that Zoom does have options, easier options to um, think about accessibility. So like it does have live transcription. That is not awesome, I will say, but it is there and it's easy to toggle on and off. There's better, there are better ways, but that is at least, you know, something that's there. And then also I've been able to be a part of an event where they've used the live um, interpretation. And so they've had a Spanish interpreter for this particular event. And that was very cool. I just thought that, that was an amazing experience. That's a feature that I really liked that was easy to use. Yeah, those are both amazing features. Accessibly so important. I feel like my just... I'm going to do a shameless plug, honestly, as my final tip or trick for folks is just to go watch my YouTube videos. You can yes. just consider it as Logan Clements. Um, I joke that I found this weird niche of doing all these Zoom tips and things, and I would not say that was the intention when I started it. But um, I walk through so much of what we've been talking about of how you actually do it. Um, and just by watching it, you can then replicate this and do like what Mary and I can do. And like I said, like there's so many leads I'm getting for events where this skill set is needed. It is necessary. So if you are an event planner, producer, even an in-house, you're a part of your, your company or your organization's event team, adding some serious deep dives into Zoom to your wheelhouse is going to make you very desirable. And if it sounds sounds like it's going to make your head explode, you there's people like Mary and I that you can hire to do this kind of stuff because it is a very valuable skill. Oh, well, thank you, everyone. We could talk about Zoom for days, like we said, so feel free to reach out. And before we move on, we have our bonus tip for the day, which, Logan, I think you have our bonus tip. Yes, bonus tip. So are you planning a hybrid event? Make sure you give your MC an iPad or some way that they can see the virtual chat in real time. This is really a fun way to bring your virtual audience in with your in-person audience. And whether it's something that the MC has with them live on stage and can shout out, hey, Mary, great to see you're tuning in from Seattle, you know, from our message in the chat, or it's something they're looking at backstage and can incorporate into their script. This is just such a missed opportunity I've seen with a couple of folks and I've seen it done well. And it's such a nice way to bring your in-person and your virtual audience together just by acknowledging things that are happening virtually. Don't forget about your virtual audience for sure. So that's a great tip. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. If you would like to follow us and find us, we are on all social media platforms pretty much at Better Events Pod. You can also email us at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And thank you so much again for listening to an episode of the Better Events Podcast. And we will be back with you next Wednesday. 